Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Informed Catholic Podcast. My name is Ned Jabbar, so let's open up with a prayer. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord, who, by the Holy Ghost, was conceived, born of the Virgin Mary, raised, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he arose again from the dead, and he ascended unto heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, Guardian of the Church, pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. St. John Henry Newman, pray for us. And St. Michael the Archangel, defend us from evil. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. So we're going to read a passage from the book of Revelation. Um, we're going to start from uh, verse 19 in chapter 11, and we're going to move to um, chapter 12, all the way down to cha uh, verse 18, I believe. Let's start. Then God's temple in heaven opened, and the Ark of the Covenant was seen within his temple, and there were flashes of lightning, loud noises, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and heavy hail. And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was with child, and she cried out in her pangs of birth, in anguish for delivery. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon, with seven heads and ten horns, and seven, seven didiums upon his head. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to bear a child, that he might devour her child when she brought it forth. She brought forth a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God in which to be nourished for 1,260 days. Now, a war arose in heaven. Now, a war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought, but they were defeated and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who was called the devil, and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb 
and by the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives even unto death. Rejoicing then, O heaven, and you that dwell therein, but woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to earth, he pursued the woman who had borne the male child. But the woman was given the two, uh, two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness, to the place where she is to be nourished for time and time and a half a time. The serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with the flood. But the earth came to the help of the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river which the dragon has poured from his mouth. Then the dragon was angry with the woman and went off to make war on her on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandment of God and bear testimony to Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the seashore. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Before we begin our article, um, exactly uh, what did all that mean? The book of Revelation is loaded with a lot of symbolism, a lot of um, analogy. Um, basically, there's a lot in there that a lot of people find impossible to believe, which is, you know, it's okay. It's understandable, but we have to, we have to learn to understand and use the language of the church and the interpretation tools of the church. Um, first of all, it's often been interpreted that the Ark of the Covenant and the symbol, the Virgin Mary and the Incarnation is one of the same because the Ark of the Covenant, which was made by Moses in the wilderness contained in it, uh, the books, the scripture, the staff of Aaron, which is symbol of the high priest, the jar of manna, which every morning the Israelites for nearly 40 years of their wandering, every morning they found manna in the wilderness manna, basically from what I understand, it meant the word itself means manna, which is it's almost similar to the Arabic, which I, you know, grew up with, meaning like manhathi, like what is this? Basically, it became manna, bread, is uh, the word for bread from heaven, and they put it in the jar as a relic to remind the future generation of what how God took care of them in the wilderness. Now, the five books of Moses, the jar of manna, and the staff of Aaron the high priest, and all that symbolized Christ. Another symbol of the incarnation, which is the word becoming flesh, was when Moses stood in front of the burning bush. The bush was on fire and it did not consume the bush. It was fire from heaven. It was a symbol of the incarnation, being the fact that she was touched by heavenly power and an her body did not change, you know, it did not take away anything. You know, she became a, a tabernacle, a dwelling place for the word of life, for the, the creator of the universe, the logos, the Christ. 
and she became a living dwelling place, a temple overshadowed by the power of God. So we see the Ark of the Covenant and then suddenly we see a woman clothed with the sun, by the power, clothed with the power of God, with the moon under her feet, the moon symbolizing paganism and idolatry and heresy, that she is also a symbol of the church. And she's crowned with 12 stars. The 12 stars can be a symbol of the 12 apostles and the 12 tribes of Israel. She is the bridge between Israel and the church. The church is the continuation of the temple of Israel. Um, interesting to note is that uh, the priesthood in the Catholic Church, in the Orthodox Church, and much of the Apostolic Churches is a continuation of the priesthood of the Old Testament. Now, the men in the Old Testament, the priests, were also married. They were married. Now, before they go to serve in the sanctuary of the Lord, they had to remain celibate for seven days. Not that sex was bad, was because they're getting ready to go into the, the, the holy, to, be, to stand in front of the Holy One and serve in His temple. Usually their service lasted for a month. And therefore, for seven days would have to remain continent, meaning they had to mean, they have to remain celibate, purify themselves, and then they would go in the temple or the, uh, the, you know, the sanctuary, and they would have to serve the Lord for a whole month. And that meant the whole month away from their wife until after their service is over, they would go back and then they would live the normal family life. You know, again, this was because it was a big deal. They had to purify themselves. They had to remain holy. Everything, marriage was sacred. Celibacy was sacred. To serve in the temple, the priest was also married to the temple, married to the service of the Lord. And therefore, going back, he would go back and then he would live the life married to his wife and family, taking care of his family. There was no competition. It's just everything had its place. We, in modern time, have a problem. We don't believe one can be pure. We don't believe, we, we really don't. There's a lot of people now who scoff at celibacy, scoff at purity, holiness. They want to believe in the materialism. They think that this is all there is. There's a lot of priests now, a lot of our um, <laughs> cardinals and bishops who seem to be against it. Um, the article I'm going to bring up to you is going to be one that's going on in um, Germany. Um, Vigano has appeared. He has appeared and he actually appeared in the public praying the rosary with fellow Catholics in Germany because of these heretical German bishops who are pushing to create a new church and... They don't really believe in church teaching. They don't believe in the sacredness. Now, even in the Orthodox Church, in the Orthodox Church, the priest, if he's about to say Holy Mass, liturgy, 
that is, he's going to make the consecration of the body and blood of Christ. He himself, for 24 hours, depending on the tradition and customs, has to not touch his wife. Because now he is the bridegroom to the sanctuary. You understand? He has to purify himself and has to remain the bridegroom into the sanctuary. This is something that's very alien in our culture because sex is a driving machine. It Nobody believes. Nobody even treats sex sacred. Sex is treated as a tool, as a toy for enjoyment. We don't believe in sacredness. We don't believe it. So therefore, uh, a lot of people, I uh, hate to say it, but our society is getting worn out. I hate to tell you guys. It's getting worn out with this sex machine uh, driven madness. There's no other solution. People are slaves to their body. People are slaves to their urges. We don't treat people as sacred. And this is a serious problem, a serious problem that is hurting many people. Um, we have identity sex politics, uh, transgenderism, uh, uh, homosexuality, gay men, lesbians. We don't believe that people can be something more. We don't believe that. We believe that people can be only animals. We treat them as animals. We don't think about the sacredness of the human person. If something is bad, but it feels good, do it. If it feels even more bad, do it even more. If it's bad for you, do it even more. That's how we treat it. We treat, you know, we don't think about any solutions. You know, we treat your sexual urges. If that's what you are, then do it. And it doesn't matter if it hurts people. It doesn't matter if it makes people unhappy. We don't treat sex within marriage as sacred. We don't believe in family anymore. And that's a big, a serious problem. And this is where our article brings us to what's happening in Germany by an article of LifeSite News. And the, um, <laughs> the uh, what do you call the rebel revolutionary uh, for conservativeness, uh, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, who appeared out of hiding. So let me read the article. LifeSite News. Um, Saturday, January 18th, 2020. Vigano comes out of hiding to protest German bishops' sinalopath of destruction. In his first public appearance since McCarrick Report in 2018, Archbishop Vigano participates at Munich's prayer event. Now, uh, for those of you who may not be familiar, Cardinal Theodore McCarrick, ex-Cardinal Theodore McCarrick, who's now laicized, a uh, notorious um, sexual pervert, I'll use those words, who preyed upon... Um, um, he was a predator. He uh, preyed upon the... Uh, 
uh, seminarians and um, James Garn was his hostage, sexual hostage for many years, mentally and emotionally and physically. He abused that man. Um, it's it was the downfall of McCarrick. McCarrick was al is also known to have communist ties. He's also the offspring, uh, uh, you could say, successor offspring to Bernadine and Spellman. Uh, Bernadine and Spellman have roots going back way back to perhaps the 1930s. Uh, not that they were uh, from them, but I'm saying that according to Bella Dodd, a famous ex-communist convert to Catholicism under the famous, uh, I'm going to say it, blessed Archbishop Fulton Sheen, who admitted and gave a report in front of the Senate that she helped, that she was involved, deeply involved in the communists and implementing and planting, helping to plant according to the order of um, Stalin to put 1,100 communists, socialists in the Catholic seminaries. And many of them have, were rising up to power. This ha this goes back even probably to the 1920s because uh, the Soviets at KGB wanted to destroy the Catholic Church and realizing the way to do it was to go into the seminaries. You see, according to the Alta Vendita was forget about the seniors, forget about the elderly, forget about the well-educated, go after the youth, go after the children, indoctrinate them so that they would grow up and become uh, subjects to their cause. And that's exactly what happened. And McCarrick is the result of it. And you see many of the uh, cardinals today and bishops today. Some of them don't even know that this is, this is, this is how they got to be with, the way they are. They don't know this about themselves, but they are this way. This, this is who they are today. So we're gonna start reading the article right now. All right, so let's begin. January 18th, 2020, LifeSite News. In his first public appearance since going into hiding over a year ago, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano joined the other prominent Catholics in Munich today in prayer and protest against the German Episcopal Conference and its president, Car Cardinal Marx, the Vatican whistleblower joined Catholic laity to oppose the German prelate's plan to embark on a synodal path that critics say would create a new church that departs from Catholic teaching on priestly celibacy, contraception, homosexuality, and fornication. Vatican, I'm um, sorry, Vigano had gone into hiding after he published on August 25th, 2018, his McCarrick report, accusing Pope Francis of ignoring Pope Benedict XVI's earlier restrictions on then Cardinal Theodore McCarrick on account of McCarrick's prying upon an abuse of seminarians, Vigano said that, the Fran that Francis should resign. I totally agree with that. Pope Francis abolished the pontifical uh, secret with regard to sex abuse cases in December 2019. He issued a decree according to which pontifical secret binding church officials to confidentiality in specific matters does not apply to accusations, trials, and decisions concerning sexual abuse 
of adults, minors, and vulnerable persons, and the production, possession, and distribution of pornography. Vast S. Lex Mundi. That's uh, the article, so don't ask me about the Latin. My Latin is very weak. This will enable a person who files an accusation of sexual abuse, for example, as well as the person who alleges to have been harmed and the witness shall not be bound by any obligation of silence with regard to matters involving the case. It is perhaps in light of this new decree that Archbishop Vigano feels less restraint in appearing in public. In any event, he continuously raised his voice with regard to important moral and doctrinal aspects of the Church. In crisis such as clerical sex abuse crisis, some problematic development during and since the Second Vatican Council, the important role of the Blessed Virgin Mary, as well as the recent um, October uh, Synod, which went from the 6th to the 27th in Rome. Okay, and there's a little link here. I'm going to get back to that link later on because I think it's important that we just finish this article. An international coalition of lay Catholic faithful, uh, Axie Ardante, met in Munich today, that was this Saturday, in order to pray in silence, in firm protest against German Episcopal Conference and its president, about a hundred Catholics stood quietly for an hour in prayer in front of the uh, Theandantrik, my German is not good, in the center of Munich. Among the participants were Professor Roberto de Mattei, John Henry Weston, Henry Weston is of LifeSite News, Roberto, Roberto de Mattei, I heard a lot of great things about him, the professor, and Alexander Tuskel, that's the young man who threw the Pachimamas during the October Synod off the bridge. He's become quite popular, and I'm I'm really happy that all these uh, Catholic heroes are appearing on the scene who are really defending the faith, and they're getting a lot of respect, even from our fellow Protestants. Um, okay, they mentioned here that he is the known for throwing the removing the Pachimama statues as well as uh, Michael Matt, Matt, Michael Matt is from uh, the Remnant, uh, Remnant newspaper. As the organizers of this event explained in a press release, they came to Munich, the place of residence of Cardinal Reinhard Marx, in order to protest the German bishop's sonato path, whose first assembly is to take place at the end of January. They explained that the German bishops, after prompting the Synod on the Amazon ideologically and financially today, constitute the most advanced place of the revolution in the Church, under the guidance of Cardinal Marx, who is the president of the German Bishops' Conference. The German bishops are undermining binding Church teachings with regard to such prominent matters as priestly celibacy, female ordination, contraception, cohabitation, homosexuality, and gender theory ideology. The German bishops had agreed upon this synodal path at their spring assembly in 2019, and there, there are so far only two German bishops, uh, Bishop Rudolf Volzlier of Regensburg and Cardinal Reinhard Wolke of Cologne, 
who warn against this process, which might very well, in the words of Bishop Wurzler, lead to path of destruction. At press conferences today, six speakers and participants of the Munich Prayer Assembly discussed and criticized different aspects of this synodal path. Synodal path, For example, their idea of prompting women in the church. Jenny Smith parallels in German history where German Catholics were pressured to adopt to the spirit of the time. Michael Matt, the danger of churches becoming... Uh, becoming a NGO. Alexander Tuskel, legal problems for Sonano Path. Jose Antonio Rota, Karl Marx, personal encouragement of homosexuals and other immoral acts. John Henry Weston, as well as the call upon German Catholics to stop paying the obligatory church tax. Professor de Mattei, the full text of their speeches can be read here. Okay, well, there's a lot. So I'm going to have to probably make a part two to this. So we're going to have to go easy on it. Uh, I don't want to overwhelm this whole thing. But uh, we're going to focus on another article here. So uh, we'll t we can focus on uh, Vigano a little bit, which I want to do for this article. Okay, uh, this is dated, again, from last Saturday. It's probably the same, but we're going to look at to see exactly what they're saying here. Catholic lady protests Cardinal Marx call him to repent for leading German church down schismatic synodal path. Cardinal Richard Marx, you have shown yourself to be a wolf. Hear now the words of Christ. Repent and believe in the gospel. Okay. So we read to the part here about Catholics um, and his first public appearance is going into hiding over a year ago Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano and other prominent Catholics in Munich today in prayer and protest against German Episcopal Conference and its president Marx uh, uh, Cardinal Marx okay German January 18th an international coalition of lay Catholics mobilizing Munich today in silent prayer in a firm protest against German Episcopal Conference and its president, Cardinal Marx, on account of his perilous plan to embark on a synodal path that critics say would create a new church that departs from Catholic teaching on priestly celibacy and contraception, homosexual, and fornication. We read that part. Uh, so, this is interesting. Uh, let me see if I can get the uh, video here. I think maybe it'll be fun to hear it. This is John Henry Weston for LifeSite News, and we are here in Munich, Germany, doing what is known as an Acias Ordinata, a demonstration to defend the church, to defend the faith. And we are here in Germany specifically because it is the church in Germany that has led the way to deform the uh, Catholic Church uh, in terms of uh, abortion, in terms of divorce and remarriage, also in terms of homosexuality. This is all coming from here, particularly in the person of Cardinal Reinhard Marx, whose offices are just a block away here. So we're here today to face our Lord in church, to beg him to intercede for us, to beg the angels, uh, excuse me, to beg our Lord, and that the angels would intercede with us to defend the church, to defend the faith. We're standing here with Alexander Trubowell, who 
you all know as the Pachamama Destroyer. We're here with John Smeaton, with Dr. Roberto DeMate, with all sorts of heroes of the faith who are standing up for the faith to defend her in these times of peril. And the great part about these times is that you are called to live in these times, so it's no time for sadness or dismay. It's time to fight. Pick up the sword of faith and fight for it because you've got it. Our Lord wanted you to be alive right now, and we're going to do it right now. Join us here in prayer at this Aceh's Ordinata for the Church. Today I'm here to participate in Aceh's Ordinata because I want to uh, send a sign um, to, to the society but also to other fellow Catholics, especially to young Catholics, why it's important to stand up for the faith, why it's important to stand up for the true Catholic faith and um, why we should uh, pray and act against the uh, influences of heresies like modernism inside the church. I'm nothing against women in the church, but I really defend our love um, of the church and it's necessary that we hear and show the Pope that we are not okay with the Sunno which is now um, offered, which is coming from Cardinal Marx. We are not um, we are not accepting what he is trying to do with the bishops um, here in Bavaria, which he was trying um, to do in December. And this is what we are fighting for. Important for me that that the bishops and the church sees that there are people who still think that truth is not changeable. What's your message to Cardinal Marx? What do you want to say to him? I want to I want to tell him that he really needs to listen to us and that we, that we want to we want him to understand that we don't want to destroy the Catholic Church or that we're against it. We, we want to stand up for the Catholic Church and the original traditional faith of the Catholic Church. My message to Cardinal Marx is to please um, look at what the young people are doing here. We come here peacefully to pray. Um, we don't support what uh, the German church wants uh, to do to uh, the faith, to make it some type of uh, product to sell, just to get tax money. That's not what uh, the faith is. The faith is about eternal salvation, and that's what we are concerned about. So, there you go. Now, there's a lot of young people, if you notice. Uh, I let it play for quite a while because I want to show you that there is a lot of young people. A lot of young people who don't want all this modernist. You've heard them mention this modernist ideology that a lot of these um, clerics have adopted and embraced as their catechesis, their their doctrine, their uh, their belief system. They're, they're embracing, you heard one person said that truth is not changeable. That's true. Truth is not changeable. And you saw there was a lot of young people, a lot of young people, which a lot of them don't want that. They want a pure faith. They want something true. They want something that is from heaven. And the gospel is that truth that comes from heaven. They want to encounter the real Christ, not a socialist Christ, not a progressive Christ, not a transgender Christ, not a, uh, a Christ uh, of, of human making. They want the eternal logos. They want the one true Christ that came down and died for our sins. They don't give a Christ of redemption. They, they're obsessed with matters of the flesh. These men, I think, are really psychologically damaged. You know, 
like I said, they're, they're not giving the answer. People want purity. They want to believe that they can achieve holiness. And a lot of these guys don't believe in it. So I'm glad. I, I hope, I hope the, uh, the audio was good. So, um, I'm going to end it here and we're going to try to get back uh, another episode, hopefully uh, uh, later on this week. So we'll continue part two of this. So let's end it with a quick prayer. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. God bless everyone.